Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Each month in the She Built This VIP group, we have a theme that we focus on. And from now on, I'm going to be tying the podcast in just loosely with the themes of each month that we're focusing on just to give you kind of a sneak peek of the conversations that are taking place in there. Now, if you don't know this, there are two groups. There is the main She Built This group, and there's also the VIP group. Um, if you don't know about the main She Built This group or the VIP group, I invite you to check it out at shebuiltthis.org. Basically, what the VIP group is, is it's a group of us from the main group that are really committed female leaders and entrepreneurs. And together, we've decided that we want to dive in on some of the bigger things in life and business. The VIP members also get a whole bunch of extra visibility and perks and opportunities to market themselves to that main She Built This group as well. It's been really an amazing privilege and opportunity for me to serve these ladies and watch all the new connections take place. And I get to see business transacted, like actual dollar signs taking place between people, which is just like for me, a lovely, lovely added bonus. And I know it is for everyone in the group too. Um, so that said, for the month of February, we are focusing on passion and love. And this is related to both your life and your business. As we discuss it, we've really, you know, you might be surprised to hear this, but we've actually been talking a lot about boundaries because boundaries have a lot to do with not only how we show love to our clients, but also how we show love to ourselves. So I'm going to go in a little more and explain how the two are connected by giving you a personal example. And if you want the longer version of this, um, I also wrote a blog, which you can find on my website, which is emilyaborn.com under articles. So many of you know that my husband and I once owned a mattress store. Um, and when we were actually in the process of closing the store, I was simultaneously starting my side hustle, of course, because I can't just A, do one thing at a time and B, I had to be um, building my next business. So that side hustle has now turned into what I'm doing now with my content creation and marketing. Well, one of my first clients was this guy who wanted help with his LinkedIn profile and his Facebook pages and generating content for his book that he had written. At the time, I billed him hourly, but truth be told, he gave me a cap every month and I was going over it like consistently. And it's because he had given me that cap, I never billed him for the extra because I was concerned about whether or not he could afford it. So I would meet with him at my retail shop during retail hours for meetings that he would just like spring on me at the last minute and I would have to be like working with my customers in between meeting with him. I would answer his phone calls and emails pretty much any time. And needless to say that because of that, as I did that, the resentment for him 
um, it actually built up inside of me pretty quickly. So I'm going to give you uh, an example of one of these instances. One Saturday, I was working at the store and it was like one of those, it was busy as can be that day with customers until like about four o'clock in the afternoon. I still had a couple of things to do for this client of mine, and I also had to close out my retail day. So I was working away on those things and getting ready to leave by five o'clock because Saturday night was my date night with my husband. And this guy, this client, calls me at 4.45. And of course, I answered. He wanted help with a single Facebook post. So I was like, okay, this will take no time, no problem. He wanted it now. Like he was just like, I need to post this thing now. And it was not, I, I guarantee you. Like social media is rarely um, an ER kind of circumstance. This was definitely not an ER kind of circumstance. So we ended up working on that Facebook post on the phone for an entire hour. And I I am a person that does not really like the phone. And I was like trapped. We were working on the wording and then we would reword it and then reword it. And then it was about the picture and making sure that was just right. And the copy was just right. And in his mind, it had to be perfect, which I'm going to talk more about that at another time. But anyway, finally, we get it to where he thinks it's perfect. And we hit post and I was like, thank God I can finally get off the damn phone and go home. So I lock up my shop, set the alarm, get in my car and start driving home. Well, I didn't make it all the way home. Because he called me again at 6.15 right before I was about to take the left-hand turn that turns onto the road that connects the highway and the hubbub to my peaceful little tiny dirt road. And you're going to say, Emily, what were you thinking? But I answered again. In fact, I had to keep driving straight. Because once you turn on to that left-hand turn, you lose your signal where I live because I live in the middle of nowhere. So I knew I was going to lose my signal once I entered the boondocks. So I kept driving straight. And guess what? He kept proceeding to talk my ear off about his vision and the edits that he wanted to make on this post, this highly apparent, this apparently very highly important post. And all this mumbo jumbo that honestly, I can't remember because I was having like an out of body experience with frustration at that time. And suddenly, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I felt like I was in an episode of Charlie Brown when the teacher is just like, like you can't hear anything because you're just not even there. So that's what was happening to me. Um, Well, finally, I made it home. I I must have just said like, okay, you know, I remember it was like a January night. It was pouring rain, freezing outside. And I just wanted to go home and be in my comfy pajamas. Like I'd had a long day. So finally, I get home. And I'm talking to my husband about it and wondering why I was feeling so drained. Like when I, when I am starting to do this business that I'm really excited for. And he helped me to realize that this, I need to set some boundaries. So I'll be honest, boundaries were really new to me at that time. Um, When it came to the store, I feel like Jason and I were pretty much always on. And it was for two reasons. First of all, we were in it together. 
And I always wanted to be proving myself and making sure that I was pulling my weight in this and bringing in the bucks. You know, whenever the bucks offered the opportunity, I wanted to be sure to be there to greet them and bring them through the door. And secondly, I knew that usually when people contacted us, they were typically researching multiple options. And I wanted to be that person that stood out by replying right away, even after hours. Like I can remember nights when I would sit on the couch at nine o'clock and be replying to customer emails and just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with them because, well, guess what? When you own a mattress store, people have a really hard time sleeping. So they email you a lot of weird times. Um, anyway, in, in retrospect, I'm realizing that both of these issues that I had with setting boundaries come from a mindset of scarcity and not enough, not being enough, not having enough. And it really wasn't until I understood the implications that they had in my life, like, for example, with this Facebook guy that I was able to see boundaries for what they were and realize that they're not just about me loving myself and, and cherishing and honoring and valuing my time, but they're also in place to help me have better relationships with my clients. Because when you establish good boundaries, you don't have that resentment and that frustration all of the time. And so along with that, when you are feeling when you have solid boundaries, you also have better productivity because you're facing things fresh and you're facing things with um, the energy specifically focused on those tasks. So today, we're actually going to talk about that. I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Shannon Baker, and she's the host of the More Than Capable Mompreneur podcast. She's also a business system strategy who helps busy, busy women with service-based businesses create systems to automate the time-consuming tasks required to run a business so that they can focus on on what they love and work more efficiently. And who does not love the sounds of that? I would say it's probably one of the more common struggles that I hear from people is either organization or productivity or um, just strategies for creating boundaries. So uh, Shannon's podcast has actually been listed in the top 200 in two categories on Apple Podcasts, and you can find it there. And in those podcasts, she shares even more tips, strategies, and she also helps uh, she conducts interviews to help busy women be more productive. And I had the privilege of being on her show as well. That episode's going to be coming out soon. We chatted all about online networking and community and even putting some boundaries around that too. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find out more and connect with Shannon online at theshannonbaker.com. She's also on Instagram at the underscore Shannon Baker and on Clubhouse. And I will have all of those links in the show notes for you, as well as a um, link to the Passion Planner, which she mentions in the show. So without further ado, here is my interview with Shannon, and I cannot wait to hear your takeaways. Hello, Shannon, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great, Emily, and thank you for having me on today. I am super excited to have you on. I got to tell you, a lot of people say to me that I'm organized, <laughs> but then I see you in action and I'm like, okay, I am doing something wrong. Um, and this is a topic, productivity, organization, this is a topic that I think a lot of people have interest in because we're always even if we're good at it, we're always trying to improve it and be better. Mm -hmm. um, so that said, there are lots of places for us to go with this. But let's, I want to start from you having us tell you, tell us what you do from your perspective and how you help others. Okay. So while 
my, you know, official title or tag that I use is I'm a business system strategist. I really focus on ways that I can help women with service-based businesses, especially mompreneurs, be more productive by creating just systems to take care of daily tasks in their lives and especially in their business. Because for anything we do regularly, if we can just follow the same process, it actually saves us time and saves us brain power so we can use that for something else. So I'm kind of between a productivity coach and a system strategist. I haven't came up with a word that melts the two together, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. I think they call that a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, that's the thing is systems and productivity go hand in hand. When you get systems better, then you can be more productive and do things and have more time to do what you love to do. Because as much as we all love our businesses, we don't want to be working all day, every day on especially menial tasks that could have good systems to them. Exactly. Um, so I, the other thing I'd love to know is how you got started. I'm always curious to hear people's backstories and how they fell into doing what they're doing now. Okay. So I actually have, I've worked for other small businesses as like the office manager, executive um, support for C-suite executives. Um, and over the course of my experience with that, I learned project management Um, process documentation. So all the things that I use in my business now, I learned while working working my full-time job. So of course, once I had my daughter, then I kind of wanted to have more time to really be with her, especially as she got older. And I was having coffee, of course, with my girlfriend. And she asked me, had I ever thought about becoming a virtual assistant? I had never heard of it. So I did the research and decided, oh, well, you know, I can do this. So I launched my business as a VA and it did really well for um, a while to where I actually started working my business full time and my full time job converted to becoming one of my clients as they scaled the business down. But it took so much of my time that I just wasn't happy with it. It just it took it was more than I really accounted for. And once I lost the love for what I was doing, I knew I needed to kind of reposition myself and pivot the business, but I didn't know how. So I took a big step after a couple of years, actually worked with one of my mentors and she helped me create a strategic plan. And then I had to decide what was I going to do with my business. So I ended all my contracts. I went back to work part-time and took some time off to really figure out how I wanted to move forward. And I realized that my zone of genius was putting things in logical order. And while working as a VA, I noticed most small business owners don't have processes in place, which allowed them to delegate efficiently. So that was one of the roadblocks I kept seeing. And I identified that as the lane that I could pivot my business and fill that gap to help people. If they want to stay a solopreneur, you need systems. If you want to delegate, grow, and scale your business, you still need systems. So basically, no matter what, you need systems to run your business. And that's how the Shannon Baker was reborn from my um, previous company. 
I love it. Um, and we share something in common. I also started as a virtual assistant. And I think what, what you really brought to light in that story is sometimes clarity isn't just like sitting there waiting for us. Like this is exactly what you should be doing or what business you should be starting. Sometimes it's just a matter of like taking one step and then another step and then another step like you did. You, you even took a step back and then you realized, oh, this is like what has been inside of me all along. It just took me a little, you know, a roundabout way mm-hmm. to get there. And I think sometimes we can get really paralyzed in just like waiting for the epiphany to hit us or like get frustrated that we're not super clear. And I love that you just like you did, you went through that natural progression and you didn't just sit there waiting for it um, or or suffering as something that you didn't want to be. Um, and that's what brought you to what you're doing today. So great story. Thank you. Now, I've heard a lot of people tell me that they are just the kind of people that can not be organized or that they are the kind of people that cannot focus. And I'm curious what you would say if somebody came to you and said that, which I'm sure people do come to you and say that. They do. And really, it's a myth because all of us have the same innate abilities to be organized and to focus on one thing. It really starts with our mindset and our outlook. Um, So when I work with my clients, that's actually where we start with all the mental roadblocks that they've been dealing with. And then when it comes to organization, what I find happens or why people feel that they can't get organized is because they're trying to copy what someone else is doing. Mm -hmm. But we need to learn to organize in a way that works for us. So instead of copying something that works for someone else, what I do is look at how it works for them and then see how I can change that to work for me. And that's the same process I go through with my clients. You know, I have a structure of where we need to start, but then it's customized based on their lifestyle, how they deal with things, how they work, because we all work differently. So we've got to create a system that works for us individually. Okay. So, uh, do you find that when people are, say say people that you're working with have a team, do you work with like the entire team? Because I, I'm on a couple of teams and I find that sometimes I work one way and they work the other way. And it's like, how can we get these systems to mesh together? I don't currently work with teams, but I have in the past um, because I did mm. also function as an OBM. And really you have to make sure the team's on the same page and not dictate how everyone needs to do their work, but more so make sure everyone understands what the end result needs to be and then let everyone go their separate way. Because we can't force people to work specific ways because as you mentioned, we're all different. And if we try to put everyone into a box, it just, it doesn't work. Yep. What have you what do you think you've learned about different personality types as you've done this work? Like do you see that there are different ways to organize based on personality or do you feel that it is related to something else entirely? Oh no, it's definitely based on personality. Um and creatives are different. And when I say creatives, I mean people that are, you know, photographers. They're they're the the visioneers. Like I call myself a creative because I I can get squirrel syndrome very easily and I get bored easily because I like a lot of different things. So someone in a creative space has that same type of personality. 
but someone who's doesn't, I guess, lean towards changing things all the time and prefer for things not to change, they work differently. So really, you have to deal with a person according to that. And even within each of those areas, everyone's different. So it really, personality and work ethics or the way people approach work definitely plays a role in how things will work out. Yeah, yesterday, uh, or actually Monday, I was in a class and I heard a really good distinction between the type of person that really does well with a deadline versus the type of person that does really well with a checklist. And at first I was like, oh, I'm definitely the deadline person. And then I was like, oh my gosh, no, I am not a deadline person. Like when something is coming up, you know, like a, a date is like coming up steady, it makes me not want to do it at all. But if I have a checklist, then I'm like, oh, I'll check off this and this and this and this. And I always love to be ahead of time. So like the further ahead I could get, the better, um, which does not always work with with the nature of um, social media content. So absolutely. Yes. Um, all right. So it seems to me that this past year has been a real test for a lot of us in distraction because so many of us are working at home and it just feels, you know, sometimes there's just not as much of a distinction between your work life and your home life. Mm -hmm. Even though I was working from home before, I feel that more than ever. Like I feel like I could just be working all of the time. Um, so in relation to boundaries, but, but more pertinently distractions, why do you, what recommendations do you have for people to, for, for example, stop that squirrel syndrome and eliminate distractions? Time blocking your schedule is huge. Um, and the other one is definitely turning off notifications. Um, if that means closing your email, close your email designate specific times to check and respond to emails. I'm, I'm big on that. No one needs to be in their email inbox all day long. I check my email three times a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and once in the evening. That's it. Nothing falls through the cracks because I have a system for what I do during those periods and I keep up with everything. Social media, put a timer on it. Be very intentional with how you use your time. That way you don't, we know social media, you can get on Instagram and start to scroll and you lose track of time and you go down that rabbit hole. But if you can train yourself with a timer to go on, be intentional about what you're doing in like a 10 minute or 15 minute increment throughout the day, you get better results and it doesn't become a distraction, but also turn off again, the ringing, ding bells, all of that. When, you know, someone goes live or someone sends you a message, turn them all off. That is like, yeah. Me. <laughs> and be like you said, like, you know, when you're on social media, you can be using it to just kind of like zone out or you can be using it in a really intentional way. And I think that is one of the huge keys here is being intentional about what you're doing and not letting your day run you. Mm -hmm. And another one is just picking a one planning your week and keeping your plan simple. That way, if you're just focused on one to two priorities each week, and then you break that down into specific tasks that you're going to focus on every day, you're not overwhelmed, you can make progress, but it also leaves room for you to be able to flex things because life happens. 
So if you plan on Monday to take care of something and you can't do it, you can move it to Tuesday and it doesn't throw the rest of your week off because, you know, you leave room for those what ifs to happen. But if there's too much on your plate, then you end up feeling overwhelmed. And generally that leads to you doing nothing. So that also helps. So what do you, I'm sure you see people with some very overfilled plates. So what do you say to that? Like there are people like, you know, myself and I am guilty of this, but I do just take on too much. And so what kinds of things do you do to help someone like that where you're like, okay, the buck stops here and we're not saying yes to any more things. That's where boundaries come into place. Because as you mentioned, if you put too much on your plate, really you end up doing more harm to yourself than good. So one, pick what your focus is for 90 days. For the next 90 days, I've got this goal that I'm working towards. Break that down into three month, you know, one focus a month that works you, moves you forward towards your goal. And then it's more doable. And then as far as a boundary for that, you have to evaluate. So it comes back to your mental state. Um, so if you say yes to something, it needs to be something that supports your goal or is not going to take you away from your goal. Saying no allows you to stay focused. So I always say, if you say yes to something outside of your boundaries, then you're saying no to something that your boundaries are supposed to protect. Yeah, I love that expression. <laughs> Um, so you have really, I mean, I noticed when you were saying that you only check your email three times a day, I noticed that about people because, you know, there are people that respond to you right away and you know that they're just sitting there in their inbox, um, and, and being a little bit more reactive. So what kind of boundaries have you put in, in place in your business? And did you have to like learn that the hard way or have you been always pretty good about setting boundaries and clear communication? No, I learned the hard way, um, that is, and especially when working from home, you have to separate work and life because they both happen in the same space. Now, while I may go into an office and close my door, I'm still home. So one, I had to put the framework in place. I have working hours. If you work a day job, you work specific hours. I have specific hours that are my business hours. Now, does it mean I don't do work outside of those hours? Absolutely not. But what that does mean is my clients know during the hours of 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, that's when my business operates, where they can send messages and expect to get a response according to the timelines that I've made them familiar with in my onboarding process. But even outside of work hours, now, I may be responding to emails at eight o'clock in the evening, but I schedule them to go after 10 o'clock the next day. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> That's I got to get better at that because like I'll, I'll I know of the schedule send well, but I don't use it to its full capacity. So that's a great reminder. Yes, because what I find if you start responding to people all times of the day, all days of the week, you're really training them to say, you can reach out to me at any time. You know, one thing I say is you're not a 7-Eleven, so none of us need to be available 24-7. So we need to put framework around our business. And then that way, yeah. you also can turn off and enjoy time with your family, do things to take care of yourself. You know, that might be you have to do a little bit of work on the weekends 
but that's okay as long as you're not working all the time. Yeah, I agree. And and as long as you're, I think the other key is to choose that, you know, like if you are working at night or on the weekends, you're choosing that decision. It's not like, oh, I have to, you know. Exactly. And then that changes. It's seasonal because our lives run in seasons. So I know like for moms, if you have kids that are in school, there are, you know, periods where you have to adjust your schedule for that. But then your schedule may open up a little bit when it becomes the summertime. Well, you know, pre-COVID, of course, summertime, you could take them to camp and then you have that time for your business. So you also have to plan your week according to your lifestyle because your life is going to dictate when you are and are not available for your business. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your onboarding process and how you make sure that you set up these realistic expectations from the get-go. Because just, you know, like you, I learned the hard way. And I think before I realized, okay, this is actually how I want to communicate. And this is actually the system I want to use. It was just like a (laughs) free-for-all. And I think a lot of people run into that. We're like, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So how do you help people at the beginning to set themselves up for success through their onboarding? This is what I call a customer care process, which starts from the moment someone reaches out to you and makes contact. So at the point that they come to you, if they want to have a conversation with you, you have to have an online scheduler. That eliminates the back and forth to get meetings on your calendar. It's like, you know, someone reaches out to me and says they're interested in my services. I have a message template that I copy and paste, and it includes the link to my calendar for them to schedule a call because my calendar is set up with the boundaries or, you know, the time blocks of when I'm available for those phone calls. It sends both of us reminders and all I had to do was send that one message. Now, if they then move to where they become a client, I let them know as part of my welcome process, when I work, how I work, when I'm off, how I respond to messages. Like I have a message template that's part of my welcome process. They get it in an email. It's in my contract. And on our onboarding call, I say it to them verbally. And if I've worked with them for a year, I send a reminder every year. (laughs) Because you got to keep, you know, letting communicating that those boundaries are in place. And then I've had to train myself to make sure that I stick with them. Like you mentioned, email is one of them. I used to be one thinking, oh, I need to respond right away because they they sent me an email message about this. Nope. If I emailed you on Monday and you don't respond till Saturday, that's okay because I know you have a life too. But I'm not, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get a response from me until Monday when my business is open again. Um, all right, let's kind of, so, so I guess my last question on this is what do you find that still even now is kind like derails even you a little bit in this whole streamlined creating boundaries process? I have to remind myself to stick to it, especially Mm -hmm. depending on my relationship with the person. So I have a former client who sent me an email and I found myself responding to her messages on the weekend. I had to snatch that back real quick. (laughs) It's like, I so hear you. It is about constant reinforcement, like even for ourselves. Yeah. You have to be disciplined because if you don't, 
You train them to reach out to you all times of the day. And then you set that expectation that you're always going to be available when they need you. And that's not necessarily the case. So I do, yep. I slip up sometimes, but I do catch it very quickly. <laughs> I have just a funny story about this. So it was like 830 on Saturday night and I was sitting on the couch and my client texted me and it's, you know, usually I would put it on her Instagram stories, what she sent me. And so I put it on her Instagram stories and it was like a funny picture of um, her and her husband from way back when. Well, to, usually I wait 24 hours for all, like that's my policy is like, yes, I'll post it to your stories, but it's going to be 24 hours. So I did it right in that moment because I just had my phone in my hand and I was like, why not? So then I get a message from her and her husband. I'm like in the same thread. And he's like, that wasn't supposed to go online. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I had like a panic attack. <laughs> and of course he was kidding, like just giving me a hard time. Mm -hmm. And in that process, like I, you know, had like a lot of anxiety and was like worried that I had done something wrong. And if I had just waited the 24 hours, that would not have happened. Like if I had stuck to my guns, that wouldn't have happened. Yep. Been there. And as you <laughs> mentioned, it's us training ourselves to stick to our boundaries. That's usually the hardest part. It's easy for us to set them, but harder for us to stick to them. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about like the planning process. And I'm sure you have a really good grasp on what a month looks like and then how you break that down into the weeks. So what are some tips you can give on people that, you know, kind of fly by the seat of their pants all month and really need to take a step back and look at that big picture from a month perspective and then break it down into the weeks? Well, the easiest way to do this is to use a digital calendar like um, Google Calendar, because most of us have a, a Gmail account with a Google Calendar. They're non-negotiables, meaning things that don't change in your life. Just put them on there as recurring events. So if you work a, a nine to five, put your work schedule on your calendar. Then from there, you can see any additional appointments you have, whether they're social appointments, medical appointments, whatever the case may be. Train yourself to put them all on your calendar. And this is why. If you use an online scheduler that's synced with that calendar, it automatically knows to block that off so that you don't double book yourself. Because how many of us have booked ourselves for two things at one time. And then we have to sit there and go, oh, well, which person am I going to call to say that I can't show up? <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Doing it. Um, oh, even in this, even in this interview, I could have sworn it was three, like in my head, even though I just sent you a confirmation yesterday. And then my calendar popped up 2.30 and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I was really happy in that moment that I went on my digital notes instead of my written notes because I would have been half an hour late. <laughs> exactly. And I do the same thing, especially when you get into the zone and you start working, you lose track of time. But with that online scheduler, if you get those reminders, like mine are set for 15 minutes before. So then that way I know, oh, well, whatever I'm working on, I need to wrap it up because I have a call in 15 minutes. So grab something to drink, take a potty break, walk around, whatever the case may be, so that I can get ready for that appointment. But if it's not on my digital calendar, 
And I do use a digital and a paper planner. Um, I was just going to ask you that. (laughs) But the digital calendar gives me the reminders. The paper planner allows me to see what other things I have room for in my schedule each week. Yep. Yeah, I find a a balance of that is what really works for me as well. And I typically just sit and make a list of the entire month, like one through, well, in this case, 28, Mm -hmm. and then put it all down in like list form. But again, it has to work with everyone's style. I've seen, I think you use the passion planner. Is that right? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great planner. Um, And so I, for, I think it's especially good for somebody in a creative role because you kind of have room to make it your own. And that's one thing I really love about that planner. Um, so if you're an affiliate, if you're an affiliate, you can share your affiliate code. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or like, I definitely am. Yeah. I've used okay. like my third or fourth year using the Passion Planner and I've, you know, tried others, but I keep coming back because it's the only one that really works for me. Yeah. Um, all right. What would you say is your number one piece of advice for busy mompreneurs? I know that's your primary clientele. I would say understand that small steps lead to a big impact. I call them mom cracks of time, which are, you know, 5, 10, 15 minute increments to get things done. It's amazing the impact that can have if you use those little pockets of time consistently. Will it take you longer to reach a goal? Yes. But can you reach the goal without being overwhelmed? Yes, if you do it in small increments. So eliminate the roadblock of all or nothing. Yeah. But embrace, use those tiny steps because they'll get you where you want to go. That is great advice for anyone. (laughs) Um, So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Why don't you tell our audience how they can find you and connect with you online? Okay. Well, I'm in one of two places these days, Uh, Instagram, I'm the underscore Shannon Baker, and I'm finding myself hanging out a lot more on Clubhouse, um, which I know it's only for iPhone users, but I have an iPhone and an iPad, so if you have an iPad, you can join, but I, I hang out on Clubhouse a lot more these days, and I'm making some great connections in there. I'm at the Shannon Baker one word. Awesome. So one real quick thing on Clubhouse before we wrap up. Speaking of time sucks. <laughs> yes, it can be. Mm-hmm. That can be a rabbit hole for me. Um, but I'm but I've noticed if I'm in a room where I'm just listening, I'm able to still work. Whereas when I'm listening to for for example, a podcast, I'm not always able to work while I'm listening to the podcast. And I don't know why that is. Um but I'm curious to know what kind of rooms you're going into because I think people that are interested in this topic would probably like to join some of those conversations as well. Okay, so I have different times of the day depending on the day. So this is where having your plan for the week comes in handy. So in my calendar, I have a um, 30 minute window that I allocate for professional development, 30 minutes to an hour a day. And If I go on Clubhouse in the morning, I'm looking for something that I can just listen to that's going to be refreshing for me and help me learn. So I look for, you know, 
um, rooms that are talking about your morning routine or self-care habits, things like that. Lighter topics since it's first thing in the morning. If I go on in the afternoon, then professional development is more strategic to where I'm looking for rooms that are talking about um, how to use social media, personal branding, you know, the business related topics. And then if I go on in the evening, I'm just looking for some lighter tones where I may raise my hand to get on stage and kind of contribute to the conversation. But I'm very intentional about the rooms that I go into and what I plan to do with those rooms. And then I look to see who's in the rooms because I know how they're going to operate based on who's moderating or who's attending. So it does take some getting used to. I've only been on it for now a little under a month, but I'm kind of getting used to it and learning how to use it very intentionally. Yeah, it's really, really fascinating. And I think it's a great resource if if we're using it properly. I've, yeah. I've heard of people having all kinds of uh, mixed feelings around it, but I think it's I think it's going good places. And I think being involved in these conversations is important, especially in raising, you know, connecting with other people Mm -hmm. who are potential clients and raising awareness about your expertise as well. Yeah. And it's great for making genuine connections. Then you can take it offline, whether you said it's to grow your business or just to um, grow your community and make strategic connections for your business is a great place to start. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, joining us. And if anyone has any extra questions, I invite you to reach out to Shannon Baker on Instagram or Clubhouse or finding her at her website and get some of that precious time on her calendar. (laughs) Um, But thank you, Shannon. This was really, really helpful. And I really enjoyed chatting with you. I did too. Thanks for having me on, Emily. Thank you. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.